So today we have an interesting topic. Um, Michelle and I have been texting back and forth and communicating about what we wanted this episode to be about. Uh, and we came up with four things, right? We came up with relationships um, and the four relationships that you kind of have to navigate in order to be successful as a Latino in higher education, right? So this episode is called Family, Friends, Mentors, and Champions. You want to talk a little bit about each one of them and then we'll go in depth. I do, I do. But first, let me ask you a question. Slow sure. Down, slow down. I'm ready to get it going. How are you? I'm good. I am busy. You didn't saludar. He didn't saludar. He didn't Hello, anything. everybody. How Nothing. are you? Hope everything is going well. <laughs> to me, it's on top. <laughs> hey, how are you? Hope everything is going well. I'm straight, strictly business, right? Lately, we have been keeping in touch mainly via social media, and it's just like, oh, cool, like, Great. oh, cool, love, oh, yeah. cool, on LinkedIn, applause, you know, but there's been no time, and that's the nature of higher ed, so. Yeah, no, it's, it's a crazy see you. season. It's a very good time to see you. Um, uh, I miss doing the episodes, but we're going to get them back up and ready on a regular schedule, but it's, it, life is busy, you know, we travel, we're um, busy parents, um, busy spouses, and so um, I'm excited to get to Exactly. So okay. is that a proper introduction? Thank you very much. Now we can proceed. So, so yes, talk about family, friends, mentors, and champions. And I give him all the props for coming up with the name of this episode. I'm really, really excited. Um, I, I like the way, I like it when something sounds as good as it's going to be. So um, what we were really talking about had to do with uh, managing all of these different relationships, defining them, mm -hmm. managing them, the pitfalls of some of them. Um, the wisdom that comes from um, all of them. Um, but with family, we had the conversation. I was on my way over here to film. And it's been a really long and, and very hectic day as in my new role, I get ready to tackle a huge project next week. And there's a lot of prep work. And so that involves, you know, working with different people. Phone calls. Yes. Calls. So it was one of those days where you just feel like you don't even remember every single thing it was just it was a blur of productivity day every single day yeah i'm always surprised when you answer my text messages um so i'm dry drive to pick up the kids you know and then you got to be all there that fam that's the family part how was your day how's everything going um and my husband sends a text message babe and he says <laughs> i said i'm on my way to U of h i have the kids and um and i'll be back you know when we're done we're going to film. And he says, do I need to get my own dinner? And in my mind, I told you what I was thinking. I won't tell you all what I was thinking. I will let you imagine. In my mind, I was just, you know, a million things ran through my head. You know, no, let me drive through downtown traffic. Uh, let me, you know, stop and get some arena. And let me get some frijoles. And let me make you a homemade meal. And then, I, no, there's no time. Yes, get your own dinner. So, Pobrecito, and I'm just saying, he was just asking a question. And he did, and I said, you know, I'm proud of myself because I just said, yes. And that's all he wanted to know is, do I get my own dinner? But it was the guilt, Daniel. That's where I'm going is, in higher ed, when you come from a certain background, you tend to feel more guilt, particularly if the whole of your culture has always believed that you're supposed to be in the home. Yeah. You know, when you talk about family and you think about it, um, the work that we do specific to higher ed, um, it requires long hours, mm -hmm. right? It requires sacrifices. It requires sometimes 
the computer in your lap mm-hmm. while you're watching the news and eating dinner mm-hmm. and shaking your head at me home while he's playing with the train. Then you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. baby. Right? I heard everything you said. Mm-hmm. But it also can require travel. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, you know, I travel extensively. Yes, you um, do. And so it's constant with, hey, I'm, I'm out this week. I'm out Tuesday, Friday. I'm mm-hmm. out this. I'm playing it. Right. And so um, talking about um, the compromise that your family has to make mm-hmm. uh, in order for you to move up in higher education. And I don't think that's specific to Latino. I yeah. think one of the interesting points is how we deal and how we address it. Right. One of the things that you and I talked about is this inner guilt. Mm-hmm. Right. So I want to ask you a little bit more about um, inner guilt and how you manage it under the branch of the family. Right. right. When, when I think about I'm out and I'm away, um, I am networking with colleagues after an event mm-hmm. and it's like 1030 at night. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm thinking, wow, this is so much fun. I've met some really good people. Uh-huh. Poor Anna. She's giving Diego a bath and putting him to sleep by herself right now. Right. And this inner guilt of. Ugh, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can only imagine as a mother with several kids how you manage that, how you feel. So talk a little bit about the inner guilt and, and, and dealing with that, specifically how you manage it. The inner guilt has has, it has some religious undertones, as we well know. Te va a castigar Dios. You're going to punish you for thinking those thoughts or for doing those things. Thought, right? He's going to get on you. I know. And so part of it is, you know, the idea of what I'm supposed to be doing according to my culture. Although I am so proud of Latinas lately, particularly JLo and Shakira. Hey, they had Thank you for the show of force. Um, Halftime show. Yeah, and so the guilt has to do with, it's two things. It's one, I feel it. You know, I feel that when I'm out of town, I'm, I have to go out of town on Thursday. I'll be gone. I'll be come back on Friday night. Um, I won't be there for baths. I won't be there to do bedtime story. I won't be there to make sure that they get up on time. Uh, to do things the way that I do them, because mom does it a certain way, dad does it a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I rationalize that by telling myself, you know what, how lucky they are that when I leave, they have their dad, because he can do everything just the same, you know, that I would do, uh, and they're building that relationship with him. My grandmother, this is a different perspective we talked about, my grandmother had no one to ease the burden. So travel was not even an idea. Where was she yeah. going to go? She never got to leave the house. We were too poor. There bad. you go. Yeah, exactly. That, that was you want to take a vacation? You know, go plant some flowers. That's about all we could do. We were so poor. But, um, or go outside to the lasso and hang up some clothes. You know, look at the sky and listen to the birds while you're out there. There was, there was no vacation. She didn't get a break. And so the guilt has to be countered with presence, yeah. being in the moment, and enjoying the things that we do get to do because we have fought for this education and we have paid for these experiences you know we with our sacrifices Mm -hmm. so when you're sitting courtside Mm -hmm. you know what i mean front row seats you cannot let that guilt be the only thing you feel it and you're right right you're talking about uh, an event that i had to go to Mm -hmm. with you know a special guest and things yeah you know you think about it and um but you do feel the guilt you do you do feel the guilt, um, and, and you have to push through, um, hoping that there's a better day for you and your family, and that the education and the sacrifices that you have put thus far mm-hmm. are paying off. Right? Well, and you have to be present where you are. Yeah. You know, I can't sit at, at a conference and stare at pictures of my kids and cry, you know, through a professional development well, session. Yeah. I do. I sit in the corner and cry. <laughs> Wait till you go and get you back to the hotel room. Uh, it, we're teaching them something. Yeah. You know, we're, you're teaching your son something and I'm teaching my three or in the other room something. 
um, which is you can do a lot in this life. And, and you have to go grab it, and despite your feelings, you have to manage them and push through. You know, I do think that it's important also, uh, under the family branch, that when we're talking about it, that we talk about the impact of relationships in the family, mm -hmm. right? I know you've done your doctorate, mm -hmm. going through it, and we both can empathize with the yes. amount of time, energy, the requirements, right? Um, in terms of my family and in terms of yours, we've talked about how relationships have, have altered. They have. Right? There are things that are different. Paused, even. There are things that are long paused. Yeah. And, and it's because um, at certain points you can't articulate what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You can't rationalize how you're doing it mm -hmm. because you're doing it so fast. And there's so much, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and people people can feel a certain way, especially Latinos, mm -hmm. that I texted you and you haven't responded back. Oigan, you're too good. <laughs> you know, the doctor now won't talk to me. I right. sent you the cheese and I got no reply. Right. I mean, that's an automatic strike three. Yeah. yeah. And what's interesting is I get it. I get the jokes. I see them. Mm -hmm. I may not be in the proper place or the right state of mind to respond to them. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, but I can't respond to some of the stuff my siblings and my cousins send me in a professional environment. Yeah. But I don't think they can either, to right. be fair. Right. You know. Yeah. So it does have impact on relationships. So what did we learn about family before we move on to friends? Family is we have to balance the sacrifices in our minds and not make it all so negative and so guilt-ridden. You know, we are going to make sacrifices, but you know what? Our parents before us made sacrifices, and I think ours are at a higher level. Uh, and one that, at, at the very least... We are building the generations up yeah. so that our, our children can even, you know, succeed past our, you know, highest peaks. Yeah. So. I think it also is important that uh, we learn how to manage those relationships within the family mm -hmm. um, and know that your family always doesn't have to necessarily be separate from your community events, from your work, right? Right. When I have a banquet, I take Hannah. Yeah, She's absolutely. my guest. And, and so however much, you know, if we have an open house here on campus, I bring Meatball, he gets all the little alligators, like he's happy. And so knowing that the there, there's a time and place for that balance uh, and managing it just as, as best as you can. So I was laughing because I was thinking about taking my cousin Jennifer somewhere with me. That wouldn't work. You know, no. you, you may not be able to take your cousins, Jen, yeah, I love no, you, but you no. and I would get in trouble. Jennifer can only go, uh, I don't know her, but uh, I think I know her, she right? She loves you. Um, she can only go to certain events, right? Yeah. <laughs> and this just like she's a nurse, I probably couldn't go to her stuff because we just cut up too much. So, yeah. I mean, you have to appreciate, hold the family dear in your heart and, and, uh, and try to explain as much as possible that life is going to change uh, as you aspire, you know, towards something like a doctorate. Yeah. Um, because that's really where you see it. Everyone is busy. Our cousins have jobs too. Our siblings have jobs too. But uh, I think particularly when you aspire towards that higher degree, everything changes. And it's so. constant. Yeah. Moving along to friends, right? And sometimes this can bleed over from family to friends. This was, um, was eye-opening. Yeah, but you know when we talk about friends and we're relating this specific to higher ed, right? Uh, the workplace and engaging. Um, I have a couple of questions for you, and you and I don't see eye to eye on this, right? We have different different views, so we're going to play the view, right, and have opposing views. But you know, can you really have friends in higher ed and at work and through job? And and how do you define friends? And um, what do they look like? And what's the difference between a friend and a colleague, right? And mm -hmm. and and how do you nurture those relationships? Right? Well, I'm going to um, I'm going to one up you and ask you a question back because that's what good leaders do. <laughs> Are there levels where it's easier to have friends? Because as a faculty yeah. member... Yeah, yeah it, there are. Heck yes. Yeah, there, there are, are friends. Levels. Amy, Sue, Stanley. 
Yes, absolutely friends, you know. Um, but as you move into different roles, yeah. does that change it does. because of the job? It changes tremendously. And I think that's one thing that people don't speak about mm -hmm. is as you move up in higher ed administration, um, the more exposed you are to everything. Mm -hmm. There's some good exposure, right? Sure. Uh, events that you get to go to, things you get to do. Yeah. Um, but there are some really vulnerable things that you're exposed to, right? And um, and at, when you're at a lower level in the organization and you don't have to make difficult decisions that impact people's lives, right? Yeah, it's easier to make friends. You're receptive to being <laughs> yeah, friend, right? So. But when I'm at a different level and I have to make decisions about budget cuts and reduction right. of hours right. and reducing uh, positions right. and... Or correcting someone. Correct write-ups, mm -hmm. right? Which, you know, I believe profoundly in management. I do too. I am a manager, right? Mm -hmm. I hold people accountable. Mm -hmm. um, you can't always be friends. No. Right? And you have to decipher. And I would contend, I would answer this question, my own posed question. He's answering his own that, question. That uh, I am. I do these. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't think you can have many friends in I read. Mm -hmm. I think you can have a lot of really good colleagues. And, and I'll tie it uh, to an analogy that I was sharing with you. I like the analogy. Right? I have to um, make something with that. You know, when you think about higher ed friends, right? I put quotes around them because I'm talking about uh, friends that I thought were truly lifelong friends, mm -hmm. right? And I, the faces and names come to mind, and I'm not calling them out, but they know who they are. Um, you know, <laughs> they're what I would call leaves on a tree. Okay. Right? Because? Because they go with the wind. Right? Mm -hmm. In good times, they're there. Mm -hmm. In bad times, they're not. Mm -hmm. They fall off. They go with the wind. Um, and and at your peak and at your pinnacle, they're there championing you. Mm -hmm. And the minute something happens or it doesn't go right, or maybe you've misstepped on something, right, or you're not the bell of the ball, right, right, that leaf has flown off. Okay, right? they stop talking, stop engaging, don't look your way. Emails aren't, lunch invites aren't coming anymore, right. So you, so those are what I would call leaves, right, in a relationship, right. Mm -hmm. And then there are those friends that I would call branches. Okay. I'm using a tree analogy, go with me, right? Got it. The branch, you know, those are people who you truly believe are your friends. Mm -hmm. You've made a deeper connection with, mm -hmm. you've maybe shared some things about your personal life, you've been a little bit vulnerable to. Um, but applied with pressure, they can break, right? And they're gone with the wind. Yeah. They've fallen, right? You had a bad time. There is no reinvesting in that. No reinvesting, yeah. you're done, right? Yeah. Um, and what's what's tricky about friends in higher education is that sometimes you can't decipher the leaves from the branches, mm -hmm. right? Until you get through the hard times. Until you get through the hard times. Or you're in the middle of it. Or you're in the middle of it, right? But the third category is the most rewarding, right? And those are the roots mm -hmm. that hold the tree together, right? That are there nurturing them. And I've made friends. I have made deep friends in higher ed. Um, who are going to be lifelong friends, right? And those people and faces are coming to me right now, and they know who they are. Mm -hmm. um, and those are my roots, right? right? They hold me accountable. Remember when? Why did we ever do this? Why, right. What were we thinking? With, well, why were you right? Mm -hmm. And so, so I think that you know, I would answer the question of can you make friends in higher ed? I think generally you can, but mm -hmm. you have to decipher the levels. You have to be discerning too. Um, and that's one of the things we, we talked about is when I said yes, and now that he agrees with me, it turns out that I'm right. Um, uh, when I said yes, what I was thinking is we bring so much sociability, 
you know, and socialization and the need to interact, we bring a lot of that to work because yeah. um, we are part of an, an oral culture, an oral storytelling culture where if you come from poverty, the only thing you really had to do was talk and tell stories and laugh, laugh have good times together because yeah. you can afford that, right? Um, <laughs> Barely. <laughs> <laughs> like awesome. But we bring that, and so my perspective was I don't want to sacrifice my desire to have relationships at work to bring that sense of fun and uh, friendship I, I don't want to pare that down um, but at the same time when you were talking about some of the lessons that you've learned and the unmentionable names and people I also don't want to go through that so I think I just want to spend more time evaluating people and, and maybe just, you know, watching more closely, being true to who I am, which is a friendly person, but also maybe not always going overboard and going out on a limb that might break. And I think you're that, that yeah, out on a limb, limb that might break. break. Ah, you know, a lot of limbs. limbs. <laughs> I'll share the name. <laughs> you will not. So ultimately, um, it's up to you to be discerning, mm -hmm. you know. And, and manage those relationships and understand this was an interesting conversation because previously we had family, friends, and mentors. And after quite a bit of pre-filming discussion, we, you, our producers, went, our producers, <laughs> our behind-the-scenes team, one of my makeup artists, <laughs> backstage. We're <laughs> so funny. Uh, this is why we get along. Um, you came up with champions, yeah. which. If we hadn't really hashed this out, and there was a little bit of discussion and debate, uh, just wait, Champions is pretty awesome. Um, so, cameraman, you're good? Should I be looking at that camera? Cameraman? The blue. Yeah, that's what I was the doing. Chance. Right. Yeah, Thanks for letting me know, cameraman. <laughs> so, mentors, what should we know about mentors? We talked about mentors being people who you are not so emotionally attached to that they will not be honest with you because they're worried about hurting your feelings. Does that capture it? Yeah, I think that most people think um, perhaps their boss is their mentor, mm -hmm. right? Um, and the caution that I would give is that your boss is your boss. Yeah. And they can play both roles. They can play a mentor and sure. a boss role. But it's a very vulnerable position for that person because if they're mentoring you, they may say something employment higher ed rights yeah. that isn't appropriate, right. right? So, you know, I would say that good mentors mm -hmm. are people who have no value interest in you, your success, right? And, and there's no people, return on investment. There's no them. return on investment. Yeah. I have found that the people who I reach out to and say, can you do this? Can you look at this? Can you evaluate this? Can you mm -hmm. um, be my mentor? They're people who could care less about my success, right? Because they give unsolicited um, feedback that is not emotionally based, not biased, not biased at saying you need to work on X, Y, Z, and they have no care in the world on whether I do it mm -hmm. or don't. It doesn't affect them. It doesn't affect them, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think most people would say their mentors are their friends, are people who they've worked with, mm -hmm. or their current. And I'm not saying previous that they bosses, can't, previous maybe. bosses, right? Yeah. But a, a previous boss is great if they're no longer your boss. Yeah, right? because your boss. To some degree you represent mm -hmm. and so they do have a vested interest and so and maybe what is best for you because i've had bosses that 
what is best for you is really not what we're going to tell you. It's best for them, right? I have a boss right now that's amazing, mm -hmm. right? He really is telling me, hey, you need this, you need this, right? He has an amazing boss. Um, but there are bosses that are like, ah, you probably should hold off. And it's their vested interest mm -hmm. that they're pushing, mm -hmm. not necessarily yours. So you really have to have to know about mentor, right? And I think another thing is that you have to explicitly ask somebody. You've mentioned that no before, and, and it bears repeating. Mentor, yes. Right? Because people just think, oh, they're my mentor, right? Yeah. But if I don't know. There's some uh, blood agreement that, you know, happened. Right. <laughs> if I don't you know that, ask. that this relationship is reciprocated mm -hmm. and that the expectation is this, I'm not going to give you that. Right. But you also have to know. So when people ask me to be mentors, I tell them, okay, but I'm going to be very honest with you. Right. And you may not like what I have to say. Because, and I'll, let me let me let me say this, in higher ed, Mentoring is a thing. It is. There it's is research behind it. We know about programs. We try to implement them across the board for students, for staff, for faculty. We know the power of mentoring. And so that's why, from an educated perspective, we are able to say it needs to be an agreement. You need yeah. to ask and you need to um, lay out expectations. As a mentor, you need to lay out expectations and be honest. I have two bosses. Current, former, current. Two levels of bosses, you know, one and then the big boss, and um, both of them are very direct mm -hmm. leaders, and so I see value in that because yeah. their focus is student success, yeah. and feelings cannot get hurt. Luckily, my own—I'm not very prickly or sensitive, so but I'm you can. Yeah, that <laughs> inside joke. Um, I. I I don't get my feelings hurt. Be direct. I want the fastest way. In the strengths assessment, my top strength is futuristic. So I want to advance yeah. into the future to get the thing done. Um, I feel confident that my bosses currently, while I think they like me, hired me because I can be mentored. Into what? Directly mentored, not emotionally mentored. I don't need an emotional mentor. Yeah. I'm a I need an emotional mentor and a... It's called a therapist. <laughs> so the other thing we talked about was the other thing we talked about was a mentor being more like a coach. You know, yeah. my husband when he was in junior high football, I won't say where because it's not a good story, had the old school coach that would cuss you out, you know, grab you by the shoulder pads yeah, and coach. shake you, and yeah. you know, practically spit in your face. They were yelling so loud. That kind of, and I, I'm not saying that's the kind of mentor, but we're saying. A okay, maybe I'm messing this up. A mentor is someone who is direct. They're coaching you to kick you back out into play. Go back onto the field. Try this again. Yeah. You know, it's not about making you feel good so that you go catch the football properly and then yeah. I can celebrate your success. Yeah. You know, it's, it's about building you up. And sometimes you have to build people up with tough love. And I think that's different from a friend. Yes. So I think it's really important that people decide for between Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to the final category, my favorite, uh, a champion, right? And we talk so about this. Um, I I have been fortunate enough to be where I'm at, right? Um, because of a lot of people who have championed me and my success. Right? Me. Um, <laughs> and the people that I worked for, worked with, yes, met online, mm -hmm. right? Um, but ultimately, they see my value, um, and hopefully, you will have champions who will see your value, right? And they can be formal, informal, they can influence things. Um, they're always celebrating your success. And most importantly, they're not threatened. 
that, and they can even cross industries. Yeah. yeah they, they don't can. have to be just higher ed champions. Yeah. So you got to get champions. Yes. Right. And, and Give I, an example of what a champion does. So a champion will connect you um, to a conference okay. and ask you to be a keynote speaker and put you out there. Michelle did that for me. Right. right. None of but none of my sister said. So, you know, <laughs> when I think of like a former president of mine, mm -hmm. who's a dear friend of mine, who's a mentor and a champion, mm -hmm. right? She consistently puts my name in places for consulting mm -hmm. or uh, okay. external advice, right? Yeah, she continues to be a reference personally professionally, informally, right, for mm -hmm. for anything that I would need, right? Mm -hmm. um, because she believes in you. She believes in me, right? But There's something in, in you that she sees as inspiring. But and she wants to everybody that sees that, right? No I know. It's really one. hard to sit next to me sometimes. <laughs> I'm so inspired. I can hardly stand it. She's just the one that's vocal about yeah. it, that champions it, right? And it can be in casual ways, right? It can be a nudge of, hey, I thought of, I read this article and thought about Mm -hmm. right, that gives me the confidence to know or, or calls to her to say, you know, I'm not really sure about this, mm -hmm. right? We talk a lot about higher ed, mm -hmm. my champions, sure. right? And we, we spent an hour and a half this morning on the drive-in talking about higher ed presidencies, right? We, we, we're doing a case study on this president. Mm -hmm. You all know, but I can't really say it. But this president, mm -hmm. right? Um, and we're going item by item about what happened wow. and how, Daniel, you would have handled it this way and you need to know how to handle it. And, but she's a champion to say, mm -hmm. you're ready for this. And I don't think I'm ready for it, right? But you're ready. You're, champions, right? Yeah. Um, and so you've got to get champions. Yeah. Um, and champions, um, it's hard to say that. It's hard to say you've got to get champions. you got to get them. Here's the thing, though, Daniel, is you got to work on the things that, uh, that have value because champions recognize that in you. I did not become a champion of Daniel Villanueva because... I wanted to get a job in higher ed. I recognized what he was doing, genuinely was moved and impressed, just like uh, uh, Anthony Cruz, Dr. Cruz yeah. from, from um, um, Miami Dade. There you go, Miami Dade. Um, just like him, I'm genuinely moved and inspired by the work. And because I have uh, been able to get to know you and you're legit, you're the real deal. Um, that's why I'm a champion. So you don't get champions. You have to be invested in your work. You have to put your nose down yeah. and focus and do good things and focus on student success and bringing people together um, or champions won't find you. That's correct. That's, that, you, that's the reality. That is you can't pay a champion. You know, this you is not a, a networking specialist who you know is going to connect you to. This is not an episode of Billions, you know what I mean? You have to be a genuine leader and champions will find you and advocate for you without you even knowing. Right. Without you I tell you, um, my current administration, um, they're champions of me, right? Mm -hmm. And they've given me opportunities that I thought I would never have, mm -hmm. right? Haku, um, haku. Uh, other things. But even we think about the Haku leadership, right? There's twenty five of us in a cohort mm -hmm. and we champion each other, right? right. Um Dr. Sue Rivera it's the first Latina president. That. Yeah, we're so excited for her, right? It's amazing. But our group is in constant contact with each other about our successes mm -hmm. and how, right? And she is constantly reaching out to say, is anybody interested in this job? Mm -hmm. I will nominate you, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in any job right now. But, you know, you think about these champions that you build up and they value you and, and you've got to get champions in your corner. Right. But I think you do it through hard work, through being genuine um, and, and being authentic 
and, and hoping that the good work is embraced by those who can champion yeah. your success. And on the other side of it, you need to be looking for people to champion. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think of the, the young, I say young like I'm so old. I'm very, very young. You're older than me. Uh, I'm 28. So I'm at J-Lo 45. So that's <laughs> a, not 45 from back in the day. I'm a J-Lo 45, but there's a difference. Um, no, the, the idea is if you are really present, doing the good work, you will notice people around you. Yeah. And you have to take a moment to recognize those people and to say, you know what, for no reason other than, you know, JR, for example, someone who I'm a champion of, for no other reason than just because people need to know that he's a good leader. I'm going to bring him up in conversation yeah. with people in leadership so that they same. know, yeah. you know, I, a lot of times they that's just how things that. get that's done. It. You know, I, I have a great example. <laughs> that is, is we have an officer position that's open mm -hmm. um, and Adelia, you know, over at UH is just out of this world, mm -hmm. right? I mean, she's young, she's energetic, she's a hard worker. She reminds me of myself, right? Yeah, but I don't know. But you believe she's another right? person exists like Danielle. <laughs> it's so hard. And so I constantly put her name out there. Good. Right? And I connected her and hopefully she's going to serve on the board. Mm -hmm. But you think about um, advocating for these people and championing for her. She's genuine. Right. She's hardworking. Um, and, and so I think your point is well taken. Not only do you have to rely on champions to champion you, mm -hmm. but you've got to reach down and champion those. You uh, sure do. Those behind you, right? So, right. Um, so, okay. We've talked about those four things. We... We wanted to come on and visit with you about our, our, the impacts of our family mm -hmm. um, and the impacts of higher ed having on our family, the inner guilt uh, that we have to deal with, uh, the managing relationships among uh, family members and how that bleeds into friends and whether mm -hmm. you can have friends in higher ed and, and how you decipher level of friends, trees, right. um, you know, leaves, leaves branches, and, and roots, right? And also thinking about mentors, mm -hmm. how you ask for mentorship, how you receive mentorship, uh, what's the best mentorship to get, and then finally concluding with champions, and that you got to get them and how to get them. Uh, and I think that um, we've, we've got a good episode, and hopefully you enjoyed it. Any other final comments or a shout-out? Uh, anybody have, you want to? We have a couple of people. Actually, okay. I wanted you to highlight your friend from Ahaku, who is the first Latina Dr. president. Dr. Suzanne Rivera. In Minnesota. So yes. congratulations. So congratulations. And... Um, we mentioned someone else you oh from U of H. Adelia Espinosa, who is hopefully coming future on future leader of America. Yes, yes. Um, and for me, I think this week I, I had an interaction with um, Jose at work who really um, trusted in some advice that I gave him. And uh, that's hard to do. Because work is so fast, you don't always get to pause and ask for advice. I don't think you asked for it, did you? Was but anyway, we were sharing. And so um, uh, we, we had a good conversation. And uh, whether that advice was solicited or unsolicited, he was open to the conversation. And, and I'm just a big fan of his. I think he's a future uh, campus leader. I'm a really dynamic uh, young man. He's going to love that I say young. Also, although he works out a lot. But... Um, I'm really proud of the way he brings his passion to the job. He's a very passionate leader. Does and he need a job? <laughs> We're always looking for passion. Offline conversation. Uh, so yeah, I said just a shout out to you for being, uh, for bringing the passion to work because we need that, you know, especially with our 
are growing and changing uh, student populations. So thank you for that. Um, so thank you for watching. We shout out the, to my kids who are quiet in the other room. room. Yeah, they've been fantastic, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, thank you guys for watching. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we hope that sharing our stories, our insight uh, motivates you to keep going this week and um, moving forward with your family, friends, mentors, and champions. Absolutely. And look forward to our newsletter. Coming soon. Still so coming. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all. Have a good time.